or be changed by it. Or reassured that even when we don't know how to pray, our prayers make it to God. Our prayers are ushered into the divine throne room by who? The best two advocates there have ever been in the world. Maybe we are better at praying when we're younger. Think about that. Back when I didn't have a lot of words, a lot of flowery words, in our verbal toolbox, I remember as a new Christian, barely a teenager, no idea what kind of words to use in prayer. I listened to my pastor, my youth minister, and compared to their prayers, full of big theological words. And the older folks at our church with their flowery words, I thought, I haven't got a chance if I've got to pray like that. I didn't have those words. I sounded more like a caveman when I prayed. Ugh, need help. Thank you. Amen. God, sorry, forgive. Amen. Anne Lamont says every prayer, prayer can be boiled down to two prayers. Help me, help me, and thank you, thank you. Maybe we're better at praying when we don't have all the words and we can listen. Because then I went to college and I learned some of those words. And my prayers became more talky, noisy, and I listened less, and I talked more. Maybe I was trying to impress God, maybe trying to impress people in public. But then I experienced a couple of tragedies, some real catastrophes in life, faith-shattering catastrophes, struggled with my faith, Doubted my sincerity and my old certainties. On top of that, I moved to a, a new big city. I was all alone, scared, searching for a job, trying to figure out what I needed to do with my life and what God wanted, what was my purpose. Praying, show me, Lord. You've been there. So Taylor tells about her first semester of seminary, New Haven, Connecticut. She says it's a very difficult one. There are no catastrophic events to speak of, but she said she was further away from home than she had ever been. And she wasn't even sure why she was there. And the people up there, up north, they talk different. Like they were talking a different foreign language. She said, I was dreadfully lonely and I was desperate for some answers. She said, next door to the Divinity School, on the highest hill in town, was an old, deserted Victorian mansion. Sagging porch was overcome with weeds. The slate shingles were crumbling off the roof. The doors and the windows were boarded up. A metal fire escape ran up one side for three stories. 
There was a metal platform just under the attic dormer window, she said. And the whole place was plastered with no trespassing signs. Police patrolled that area frequently. So she says, one night at the end of my rope, I decided that if I braved all my fears, including considerable fear of heights, if I climbed up there to the top, perhaps I would be able to pray a prayer that would win an answer. So I did, she said, one shaky step at a time. And I arrived, my heart in my throat. She said, I found beauty, extraordinary beauty up there. I could see all the way to Long Island Sound. I could see the porch lights and the street lights and the house lights, all of them twinkling through the trees. I felt a strong wind blowing off the sound, a salty wind that gusted the eaves of the old house and made it creak. She said, on the edge of my fear, once it was gone, I began to pray pray by talking, talking, asking God, reveal your purpose to me, point me in the right direction, give me a sign. She said, it's a pretty good prayer as formal prayers go, but she said, I did not hear an answer, I did not feel an answer, and so I prayed it again, and I got madder and madder. She said, what good is God? if he won't even answer a simple prayer. I talked and talked, she said, until all my words ran out. And then she said, to my great surprise, I, I found myself singing, chanting, really, she said, something between a plain song and the howl of a dog answering a siren. No words came out, she said, just mournful sounds that seemed finally to say what my heart really wanted to say. When I come to the end of that singing, I had my answer. Not a specific answer, which is really what I wanted. I wanted and expected a fortune cookie answer, right? Just do this. She said, I expected to hear something like, take the next boat to Samoa. Go build latrines in Pago Pago. But the answer I was given, she said, was a deep conviction that I was loved. I was loved. And what I was called to do was simply to love back. Love back in whatever way that allowed me to love best and most. As a housewife and mother, nuclear physicist, gas station attendant, ordained minister. She said the specifics didn't matter to God. I don't. What matters are the relationships, especially the relationship with God. St. Augustine summed it up 1,500 years ago. He said, love and do what you will. Love and do what you will. 
Now the source we turn to is the Bible. And her answer, though she received on that night, would not please many of us. We are looking for answers. It's a scary world. There are so many possibilities to do good and to do evil, to do right and to do wrong. We need specific instructions, clear guidelines for what is acceptable and what isn't. We want to be rescued from our freedom in the Spirit. From having to listen, from having to discern for ourselves, from having to deal with the unpredictability of the Spirit. We want simple answers and certainty. But we turn to the Bible and we go looking for signs in the Bible. Like we're looking for Waldo, right? Like we're trying to see that hidden picture. You know those posters where you stare at it long enough or you squint or you cross your eyes a certain way and suddenly it becomes clear what the picture is? If we do that long enough, maybe we'll get our answer. God's answer for every question we think has a chapter and a verse. One of my professors back in college told a personal story I may have shared with you. He had recently preached at a church and he had used some Greek words to help explain a point he was making in his message. When the service was over, he stood at the back door and he shook hands with people as they walked out. He noticed there was a woman standing to the side and she was waiting for him, waiting so she could talk with him privately. When she finally came up to him, she said, you know Greek and Hebrew, don't you? He said, well, yes. She said, good. Can you tell me what God's will is for my life? As though that gave him some kind of special ability to know God's will for her life. And he thought, and he said, what do you like to do? And she told him what she liked to do. And he said, well then, go do that. Maybe God's answer to her prayer was for her to do what she loved to do and do what she could do to give love back and to love doing it. Maybe the answer is that you are loved. Go and love back. However, you can do that best and most. God cares about relationships. God wants relationship with us and wants for there to be relationship with others. To love Him, to love ourselves, and to love others. We are free to choose however we do that. As an engineer, or a baker, or a lawyer, or a golfer, or a farmer, or a teacher, or a minister, whatever. It's interesting to me, ironic kind of, that we go to the Bible and we read these stories about 
people in the Bible who had these experiences with God, who listen and discern, and who encounter the Holy Spirit and make decisions. And yet, we don't. Sometimes, I think, ironically, while waiting for the ship to come in, we miss it. By burying our heads in the chapters and verses, we miss it. Matthew 25 says that's what goats do. When do we see you hungry, thirsty, sick, or in prison? Looking for me, you missed me. We learn a lot how the women and the men of the Bible lived in relationship with God. Someone once said, reading about Bible characters' relationship cannot be a substitute for seeking our own. We are called to live out our own stories, to search for the unique shape in our own lives in communion with God, to find God's particular word for us. What does this mean? How do we seek God's will for our lives? We read the Bible, yes. We respect the Bible as God's word, yes. But we also respect tradition, where God works out his word. And we also begin to respect our own personal experiences, to have our own experience, the spirit. And it doesn't have to look like Peter's or Mary's or Abraham's or Sarah's or anybody else's. We can take seriously our experience with God. How God, through the Spirit, works uniquely with us. I know we want certainty. Just tell me what to do. I'll do it. Give me the chapter. Give me the verse. But that isn't freedom. That doesn't let you listen for the Spirit. We want firsthand experience with God, not someone else's secondhand. So we have to pray by talking less, listening more. Listen for a voice. Or listen for the sound of rushing wind or tongues of fire or and the good news in a foreigner's face, Pentecost. We put our trust less in certainty and put it more in the Spirit, 
who promises to take our prayers to the throne room of God and promises that our prayers will be made understandable and will bring back good news. You've been heard. In the words, my favorite Bible verse as a child, in Romans 8, 28, we know everything works for good to those who love the Lord, to those called according to His purpose. Now, what is His purpose for you? Start with prayer. Talk a little. Listen a little. But I do more listening. Let's pray. God, you know our prayer before we ask. You know our wants, our needs, our groans, our sighs too deep for words. We trust the Spirit to take these to you. Hear them, answer us, but give us the ears, the patience to listen. For your answer. Surprise us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Welcome to They Didn't Teach Us That in Seminary, the Broadmoor Baptist Church of Baton Rouge podcast. Thanks for tuning in to They Didn't Teach Us That in Seminary, the Broadmoor Baptist Church of Baton Rouge podcast. Please like, review, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. If you have any questions, please submit them through the Anchor app. Or join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. right in our own Broadmoor Baptist Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Otherwise, I hope you have a good week.